0: Logistics titans are taking a personalized approach to supply chain solutions with their clients. Wes, CEO and founder, joined me last week to talk about their unique and innovative approach to the industry. He, al- he also gave me a little bit of an insight into his leadership style, which I think you're going to like as well. So go and check it out. It's episode 126, wherever you subscribe to podcasts or under podcasts at letstalksupplychain.com. Let's talk supply Diana is responding to the needs of the intermodal freight industry, and they are delivering. They have created a brand new program called The Business of Intermodal Continues. It's entirely online and will include educational webinars, virtual panel discussions, market updates, and industry leader interviews throughout the remainder of 2020. For more details, visit intermodal.org. Hello, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. There has been so many amazing things going on, especially this week. We are releasing our first mini-series, partnering with SQA Services, and we are going to be talking about You can't believe what we've seen. So many stories about aircraft, aerospace, healthcare, beauty, you name it. We've got some incredible stories coming at you starting this Thursday afternoon. So stay tuned for that. So today is the start of August and the beginning of a new month, which means we are featuring a powerhouse woman in supply chain. I cannot wait to share this story with you as I have been getting to know Martha over the last few months and. And she is amazing. We cannot do this series without the help of our sponsors. And Apex Logistics has been generous and supportive of diversity in supply chain. So here's a little bit more about them. Apex Logistics International Inc. is deep-rooted in diversity and culture. Led by our own woman in supply chain CEO, Elsie Chan. These values are why we partnered with Let's Talk Supply Chain for the Woman in Supply Chain series. Apex is recognized as one of the fastest growing top 25 air freight forwarders in the world with a network of over 2,500 global employees in more than 70 countries. Before we introduce Martha to the community... Let's get to the question of the week. So the question of the week was, how likely are you to go to an in-person conference? There was a little bit of confusion because I think there was a couple of people that that thought that there were in-person conferences still happening, but I, we just wanted to gauge and get an idea of what the community actually thought when it is time to go back to in-person conferences and whether you would go. So Chris Jolly, I would love to attend an in-person conference this year. I will be happy to wear a mask and follow Any guidelines that are set by the host city, Prakash would depend on the conference nature and also if both they and yourself can can strictly conform to social distancing. Alvaro says, "Great questions and fairly relevant as we are living now in days of uncertainty." Um, On the answer to the question, if There's no need to take a train, plane, et cetera, to go, and the topic is fairly relevant, key, and so on. I may give it a go. However, if not, I would prefer online. Martha says, At the moment, not likely to go. I do miss in-person conferences, as there is a quality to them that would be impossible to capture in a virtual one. DC says, I would attend if there were extra sanitary, disinfecting, and social distancing measures in place. Schneeha says, not sure yet, Sarah. I would probably be more open to attending conferences later this year, depending on how things are moving. Matt says, for me right now, here in Southern Ontario, not likely at all. While I will always prefer human interaction over virtual, there's no urgent need right now for in-person conferences. Amazing. So, thank you to everyone who commented this week. And remember to join us every Wednesday morning on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. If you are commenting on the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page, that's where you will have your voice heard. So, back to today Martha Lumetete is heading up strategic partnerships and innovation at Southwest. And her journey in supply chain is one that has included a time in a in Accenture, and a unique view of supply chain, procurement, and supply chain tech.
1: So welcome to the show, Martha. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah. So happy to be here. Yeah.
0: So about a month ago, you joined me and uh, myself and Michael Cadio on our Thoughts and Coffee or My Thoughts and Coffee episode Um, because we were doing the run up to Forge, which was the supply chain conference that both Let's Talk Supply Chain and Procurement Foundry put on. And you were one of the panelists on our tech panel. And Eric Johnson of JOC was moderating that panel for anybody who didn't have a chance to join us. And he said that that panel was actually one of the best panels he has moderated in a long time. And so you were really important to the success of Forge I want to say thank you for that. And I'm really just excited to talk to you about your journey to success and share all of that with our community. So why don't we kick it off with a story about your journey? Tell us, you know, how did it start? What are some of of the important points of your journey and what lessons did you learn along the way? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So my journey into supply chain begins way back in uh, Mombasa, Kenya. My father is an attorney by profession and he has run a successful law firm for the last 30 years. And my interest in supply chain stemmed from watching him work through different cases and uh, being able to add value to society and being able to um, build a name for himself in the industry of the legal profession. So I went to law school. Uh, in the process and I was also very much inspired by my grandmother, uh, my father's mom, uh, who began her own construction supply business when she was much older. And she was not only successful, but it was watching her as a woman um, in her stature be able to accomplish such a feat. And so that is one of the things that actually um, interested me with supply chain. And so I uh, ended up working um, for Pepsi Fidolet. And um, in this role, I was um, in the supply chain organization and it was a fascinating role because I was responsible for uh, providing the numbers and the analysis and the data behind any new products that we put in the market. So for example, if you walked into a Whole Foods or walked into one of the grocery stores, you'd find uh, Doritos that were being sold by uh, Food Olay. And so my responsibility was to track and see how those products were doing in the market in comparison to our competitors. And in this role, I was responsible for uh, making sure that we not only met our numbers, our forecasts, but also to understand the consumer behavior. And so this was the genesis of how I got into supply chain. And I got fascinated by the whole concept of being able to watch a product being made from nothing and into uh, manufacturing and then into the distribution and then it getting into the consumer's hands and seeing how the consumers reacted to it. And so this uh, inspired me to want to grow my career and uh, be a part of uh, what supply chain is and to add value to supply chain.
0: Amazing. So, how, so you went to school to be a lawyer. I did. But then you ended up in supply chain and market research, essentially for Pepsi. How did how was how did that transition even happen?
1: Uh so honestly, it was uh, probably just one of those roles that I got, and I was young at that point in my career, and I was excited about working for uh, Pepsi because growing up in Kenya, we drank a lot of Coca Cola. Right? So I didn't even go into it uh, for the right reasons. I was just, <laughs> no, I, I have to be honest here. I was fascinated by uh, working for a global company that was a competitor of Coca Cola and being able to see how they were able to win over the North American market, but also be unable to compete with Coca Cola in Asia and in Africa. And so those were the reasons why I um, ended up at, at Pepsi. It was a great opportunity. I loved it. And um, working for a company that was run by a very successful woman, Indra Nooyi at that time was the CEO uh, before she retired about a year and a half ago. It was a phenomenal opportunity and I, I, I definitely took, made the most of it.
0: And that is the foundation of a supply chain professional, everybody, you know, going into something because of your innate curiosity, right? And being able to spark new ideas and really embracing that curiosity to take you into different realms. And that is really the, like I said, the, for, or the foundation of a supply chain professional. So
1: where did you go after Pepsi? Pepsi um so after Pepsi I have been very lucky to work for some phenomenal organizations um including uh, nuance communications which was a consulting role and I have also worked for uh the <clears throat> I worked in the hotel industry I worked for aco North America which was a french-based company and with them I also worked in supply chain procurement uh specifically. And at that time, not a lot of companies actually even called, uh, their, uh, organization supply chain. It was just procurement. And so right. I, yeah, so I, 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 worked for, um, for Aqua North America for about five years, great organization. And this was, uh, the hotel industry and learned a lot about just how to, um, how the hotel industry works. What you need to run a hotel. I did not realize just the amount of work that goes into a room. When you walk into a room in a hotel, the number of people that have been involved um, from a supply chain perspective to make sure that everything in that room functions and runs like it's supposed to be. Um, That was a phenomenal opportunity from a technical perspective. And so I also was. Um, able to be exposed to the financial aspects as well um, of the hotel industry, being able to do their forecasting and budgeting and being able to see how, uh, how uh, a hotel is able to um, meet their numbers as well as stay competitive in the industry as well and working with different suppliers to be able to, um, to have the quality, but also the right price sourcing from vendors across the globe. So that again was also another great opportunity for me to be exposed further and deeper into supply chain and also procurement um, as just as, a, as an industry in itself. So it's, it's been a fascinating journey to get to where I am today, where I work for Southwest Airlines and now I'm in the airline industry. So my journey has been um, exposure to multiple industries from technology, which is SEBA. I worked for SEBA and then having worked in um, the hotel industry, had worked in technology and now airline and having done consulting as well, has given me such a plethora of uh, expertise and experience and exposure to different parts of uh, the organization as a supply chain. Um, expert
0: incredible I love all of that and I think that the exposure to different industries I like the fact that you spoke about the logistics of just a hotel room (laughs) like everything everything that goes into a hotel room I don't know if anybody out in the audience but I sure have not really thought about that um and you know supply chain overarching but logistically speaking just of that room how many products goes into that room you know and everything so that is just fascinating so what are what are you currently doing for southwest what can we what can we sort of expect from you and and the role that you're playing over there
1: so i have moved from uh being, so I don't do direct buys and I do indirect. So I am responsible for sourcing software and I have done this um, having worked at Sabre and then um, also at Accenture in a consulting role and now at Southwest Airlines. The responsibility is to provide Southwest Airlines with a mechanism to acquire software from the market at a a realistic reasonable price, but also the technology has to work for the industry. So understanding what would be the best um, technology to advance Southwest's uh, interests, as well as to be strategic as an airline. As you can imagine, the level of competition you have um, it being uh, uh, a low fare cost fare airline, there's a lot of competition. So I am responsible for making sure that when I'm working with my technology suppliers, that they understand who Southwest Airlines is, that they understand what our strategy is. They understand that we are low fare airlines, so we are not going to be paying a lot of uh, money or the, the premium price Uh, for product unless we have to, unless it truly is needed to fly. So going in, this has been um, an opportunity to understand an airline that has been successful for the last 50 years, that has never laid off anybody. Even now, as we're sitting in COVID-19 and with the crisis, Southwest Airlines has maintained its reputation as an airline that has never followed anybody. And that reputation precedes it. And so I have been very uh, lucky to be a part of uh, watching Southwest Airlines navigate uh, through the crisis. And um, yes, it has been trying, but the one thing you will hear our CEO Gary say, what makes Southwest Airlines is the people. The people are committed to uh, the values that drive Southwest Airlines. They have, they lead with their heart, they lead with love, but they also have a warrior spirit, which means that they will uh, fold up their sleeves and they'll get to work and they will make sure that if you have been given a responsibility, that you're getting it done in the most efficient and most effective way possible because you're a low cost fare airline so you don't have the luxury um, to be uh, wasting money. And so that is one of the things that, um, from an operational standpoint, that makes Southwest a very successful airline. And for me to be a part of this has been incredible. And I, I, I'm excited about the, uh, the opportunity.
0: I love that. I love the warrior spirit. I think I'm going to use that. (laughs) When I I start to lead lead a bigger team, you know, lead with your heart, but have the warrior spirit and, you know, really – you know, pick up your sleeves and and get going and and do what needs to be done. And, you know, it, it resonates with me, because that's kind of how I've lived my life, is that I'm not afraid to do something, and I'll pull up my sleeves and do whatever needs to get done. And so that really resonated with me. And I think that, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, on the spot, what can people, you know, what should people be thinking about when they're looking at technology providers or software providers? But I think you said that, very, very well is that know who you are as a company, know who you're working with, know what you're bringing to the market, and know how your suppliers can support you in that endeavor. Exactly right.
1: Yes, yes. yeah. so and I mean, and we, we touched on this in our last uh, uh, f- of uh, when we had the Forge Me forge conference. Um, that's one of the things we talked about is suppliers and being able to have not just partnerships, but think about it right now in uh, our crisis right now. If an organization did not take the time to build strong relationships uh, mm-hmm. to where your suppliers understand your core competencies and your weaknesses, and they can support you where you have uh, weaknesses, but they can also bolter your strengths if there was no partnership, then you're going to have a company that is struggling because they don't know who their tier one suppliers are. They haven't done the work, the effort that goes into doing that. And so that is a key point. And I will reiterate that over and over again, that when you are looking at your suppliers, it doesn't just, it's not about just getting a discount. It's not just about I, I got a great deal, but what is the the long term go- relationship look like with the supplier? Can they support you through a crisis? Can they be? Uh, can they can they have your back when say you go to them and you're saying, well, can we push out our payments to uh, the next two months because things are rough? And you know, having those types of relationships are key. So I would encourage any organization and any procurement supply chain um, individuals to, to build those relationships and to have the right individuals at the table when they're having these negotiations with suppliers. Not just the team that is acquiring it, but also have your finance team engaged, have your, um, your technology team engaged, a supply chain so that everybody is working towards the same goal for the organization.
0: Yes.
1: You, then you, you you will see the type of success. And I and I, I keep going back to Southwest Airlines, but it's for a reason. Then you will see the type of success that Southwest Airlines has been able to uh, accomplish for the last uh, 49 years. Even though we've had a bad beginning this year, still, when you look at it, look at us relative to other airlines, we are sitting at a very positive uh, bottom line when it comes to just being able to come out of this uh, crisis on a positive note.
0: Yeah, and collaboration among internal stakeholders. Yes, is huge. You're it's right, huge. like bringing
1: the, the right people to
0: the table to have that conversation. Yes. So, you know, I hear your passion in your voice. You know, you're very passionate about what you do. You're very passionate about who you're working for. And I love that. But what actually inspires you? Do you have a favorite quote that you can kind of share that you, you live by? Um, I'll go first. I mean, I live by a quote called Life is for, Lived Forward and Understood Backwards. And it's, it's gotten me through the best of times and the, and the worst of times because I know that in the end, I'm going to look back and it's all going to make sense if it doesn't make sense right now. So what is that for you?
1: Uh, so for me, mine would be uh, from Bruce Kasanov and it's be generous and expert, trustworthy and clear, open-minded and adaptable, persistent and present, that would be the quote that I live by, because I think it uh, encompasses everything from my professional, my personal and my spiritual life. Um, And so I stumbled on this quote, uh, I think in 2000, maybe 2013, I think is when I I found Bruce Kasanov and his writing and his approach to life was very um, appealing to what I was looking for. And so I adopted this quote and I have stuck with it for um, a few, for, uh, I mean, almost, uh, almost going on to uh, seven, 10 years now. And it, it really speaks to being generous, you know, and being an expert in something and being trustworthy in everything you are uh, touching or working on. And also it pushes you to be clear in your communication, to be open-minded as a as a leader, as an individual, as a as just a friend uh, in my personal life is being open-minded, but being adaptable as well, because life is ever changing. The one thing that is constant is change. So I have to push myself to to be able to be a, adapt to different environments, but also to stay persistent with my goals and with the things that um, that drive me and, and the things that I believe in, but also to stay in the present. Um, so uh, of course, it's great to look at history, but I always want to stay in the present and to be self-aware on how I can do better and how I can uh, bring value and add value to any situation that I find myself in. So that's, that's the thought that I live by.
0: Yeah, you know, self-awareness, being attentional, I think it also goes back to communication. I think we all need to get uh, a little bit better at communication and not just the speaking part of it. I think the listening part and the learning part of communication really, um, I think, is something that we should keep top of mind, not just as leaders, but as supply chain professionals, as, you know, in our personal life, in our professional life, you know, I think we could all just listen and learn a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, everything around us is changing. You said the one thing that is constant is change. (laughs) And being courageous seems to be a staple especially in your life? I mean, you've taken different risks, you've done, gone to different companies, you've learned a lot from different industries. So how important is it to be courageous and take risks in your supply
1: chain career? So I would say that um, this that's a great question, one. Um, and depending on where somebody is in their career, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a personal choice on how risky you want to be with your career. So for, for, for me, I, I, I have been very lucky to, to work for phenomenal organizations and to, to your point, uh, learn a great deal. Um, and so for me, I think the one thing that I would like to keep consistent right now from, it's not really risk, but to, to continue to be passionate about what I'm doing and what I have uh, been able to, um, to learn thus far but to also have the chance to uh, share some of that knowledge and be a part of um, how we can do supply chain better, and um, how we can um, use the current tools and solutions to uh, be a better organization. And so from a risk standpoint, I would say, that right now the risk would be um, being agile and being able to upskill the things that I may not be good at because with COVID-19, one of the things that anybody should come out of this is you've learned a new skill that you have done things a little bit better than you did before because majority of us are working from home, right? So uh, you don't have the drive to the office anymore. You don't have maybe the long hours in between. And, so, and everybody's situation is different. So this is speaking directly about my, my personal experience with COVID-19 is that I would want to be able to come out of this um, a, better, a, a better individual, personally, professionally, having learned new skills, um, having um, adjusted adequately to, to change the best way I can with covid Nineteen and just the crisis itself, but to also be an, an individual who can communicate better with um, with everybody else and to uh, be somebody who is persistent and resilient and can understand that that crisis happens. It's not the first one you're going to go through, um, but how can I be support, supportive of others who may not have been... That lucky as I have been to have a steady uh, job th- through the crisis, and so those are things that I would like to be able to do is um, is, is, is is to give back um, and to be a source of uh, strength, a source of inspiration uh, for others if I can be that, and um, to be a sounding board if I can if I can if I can do that, but to continue growing in in supply chain and to. Uh, continue adding value, so um, I think risk again is is relative, depending on um, on what where somebody is in their career.
0: Yeah, and how yeah. you look at exactly. it. exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so for me, really, it's just is more it's a challenge. This is, I mean, let's go back to again. Forge uh, one of the things that Mike shared was um, the quote, and I know I know we went back and forth about who who had the quote, but. Um, Albert Einstein said in every crisis uh, lies an opportunity and and so it really depends on how people want to look at this it's either you can see an opportunity or you can see disaster you know and so for me the goal is to uh, use this as an opportunity to grow and to um, to truly uh, work on on myself and um my 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 supply chain role and to bring more to the table that's really yeah. that's really how I see it
0: Well, and I think the risk is um, not taking the opportunity and sort of running with it, right? And doing something with that as well. So I think that's amazing. And I think that folks, if you are not following Martha, you need to connect with her on LinkedIn and just take a look and and connect and engage. And uh, I think you're just going to be inspired and learn so much. So I'm so happy that we could feature Martha this month, showcasing her inspirational story and motivating journey with the help of Apex Logistics. I have loved hearing Martha's thoughts and perspectives, and I hope that you have too. If you would like to learn more about Martha, this episode, and the Woman in Supply Chain series, please visit us at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 127 or Woman in Supply Chain under resources at letstalksupplychain.com. Thank you so much, Martha, for coming on the show and sharing your thoughts with us today. If you like this episode, please visit our Woman in Supply Chain page on Let's Talk or you can find them in the category feature under Podcasts at Let's Talk Supply Chain.com. Next week, Ashok, CEO of Obtessa, is here to talk about globalization and how their scheduling and planning is helping manufacturing all across the global supply chains. If you'd like to support the show, there's a few ways to do that. Follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, the SC Supply Chain TV, or subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Next, go to ships.com. That's S-H-I-P-Z dot If you are a freight forwarder or a mid-market importer or exporter, you're not going to want to miss our platform because we are making it so much easier for you guys to do business together. So go and check that out. Next, go to shop. We've got a lot of great merch for... The supply chain professional, procurement, logistics professional in your life, go and check that out under shop at letstalksupplychain.com. Plus, we have a 107 page supply chain dictionary that you will need to succeed in your supply chain career with all of those acronyms out there. Last but not least, go and rate and review the show over on Apple Podcasts, and you will be featured on an upcoming episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.